0: Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Isometry by Syntax 6 on Omniscribe. Rating Explicit. Chapter 7. The doorway to Mulder's bathroom turned out to be the perfect size for one Mulder and one Scully, provided the Mulder kept his arms stretched over her head like a chin-up bar. He smelled of paint and of warm, sweaty mail. I think Breezy was the way to go, he said, as they surveyed their handiwork. It looks good. It does look brighter in here. He bopped her gently on the head with his elbow. Thanks for your help. You're welcome, she smiled, surprised to find she meant it. When she'd awoken tired and achy that morning, she had considered canceling on his little home improvement project. But now that it was done, she relished the feeling of satisfaction. Often, at the end of her days with Mulder, she had more questions than she had answers. Nothing tangible to show for their work. It was nice to see something through to the end, even if it was only a tiny blue bathroom. So now, we have two options, he said. So we can stand here and get high on the fumes, or we can go grab pizza at the tavern. She looked up at him. Mulder. The tavern is all the way over near my place. But they have the best pizza. He lowered his arms, squeezing them tighter together in the doorway. And we can try to pick up a copy of the African Queen and watch while we eat. What do you say? Her stomach grumbled. I'll take that as a yes, he said, grinning. Yeah, okay. Let me wash the worst of the paint from my hands and we can go. Oh, he sounded suddenly pained and she turned to look at him. What? Um, nothing. He scratched the back of his head and gave her the once-over. I can loan you a shirt or a sweater or something if you want. She looked down at the blood splatter across her sweatshirt. I've worn worse. I'll just change when we get to my place. Yeah, about that. She raised questioning eyes to his in the bathroom mirror, as she scrubbed her hands with the practiced efficient motions. He opened his mouth, then shut it again, as if changing tactics. We're stopping for the pizza first, remember? She frowned and used his hand towel. We won't be there long. I'll just keep my coat on. Okay. Mulder gave a frustrated sigh, and her irritation level rose a notch. Here was a man who skulked in empty graves playing pickup sticks with long white bones, and now he was squirming over a few spots of blood? It'll be fine, she said, giving him a pointed look. He shrugged. I just want it on record that I tried. It must be the fume, she thought, shaking her head as she trailed after him into the living room. They collected their coats and agreed to take separate cars to the pizza parlor. Sausage, pepperoni, and onions, he said in the elevator. No pepperoni, and I want a vegetable. Olives are not a vegetable, and I'm not eating a pizza with leaves and stems on it. The elevator dinged as she fished her keys from her pocket. Pepper, she said, and I'll get a side salad. Deal. But she knew he would make sure to beat her to the restaurant just in case. Back at her apartment, the hallway was Sunday quiet with long purple shadows from the setting sun. Someone had pulled Mulder's string, though, and he kept up a steady stream of chatter behind her. No, listen, Scully. I was reading last week, and I think you'll find this very interesting. Given that the cells in our bodies are changing, it's possible that the naturally occurring electromagnetic field could be harnessed as a form of mind control. Scully let his words rumble around inside her without assigning them any meaning. She caught her breath, closed her eyes capturing the coldness of the key against her fingers, the spicy pizza air, and the unseen solid Mulder at her back. She learned to hoard time in smooth stone moments, slipped deep into her pocket. Mulder fell silent at the scrape of her key in the lock, just in time for a thump inside her apartment and the escape of a distinctive, childlike giggle. Scully drew back and blinked at her door. Did you hear that? Um, what? She turned to look at him, and he looked at the ceiling. Oh, God, tell me you didn't. It wasn't me. Oh, no. She fisted her keys and raised one arm in despair. I'm not going in there. He crowded closer, bumping her with the box. You have to. The pizza's getting cold. We can eat it here in the hallway. Scully. She opened her eyes and favored him with a baleful look. Open the door. She withdrew a long, put upon breath, and reinserted her key, wincing in anticipation. She pushed open the door. Surprise! Scully looked over her shoulders, drawn up around her ears, as if someone had doused her with a bucket of ice water. Someone snapped a flash photo on her face. Bill once told her that her pictures made her look like a robot imitating a human. Only Bill had used the word mandroid. "'Happy birthday, honey,' said her mother. Mulder gave Scully a not-so-subtle shove into the apartment, and she passed on her best, mandroid smile. There was a happy birthday banner stretched across the wall over her windows, and she just knew someone had stood on her antique chair to put it there. Relatives she had not seen in years peeped out among the bunches of helium balloons. Aunt Ruth gave her the same exaggerated finger wave she had since Scully was three. Dear heavens, her mother said, reaching for her. Is that paint in your hair? Scully ducked from her touch. Yes. I had to get her out of the house somehow, Mulder explained. He was still holding the pizza box. Well, come on in here and join the party. Alice and Mark have come all the way from Nebraska. Isn't that wonderful? Scully had vague memories of her cousin, Allison, Showing her and Melissa how to French braid their hair one summer, that their parents had rented a cottage together for a week. She'd sent a card and candlesticks to Allison Mark for their wedding years ago. Yes, wonderful, she said aloud, trying to smile at her cousin. Allison nodded back. Dana, Scully turned towards the voice and found herself crushed in a huge hug. Charlie, she said, letting him rock her nearly off her feet. She curled her fingers into his scratchy wool sweater and smiled against his shoulder. "'How are you?' he asked into her ear. "'Good,' she said, pulling away. He tugged her ponytail and smiled. "'33, huh? I can't believe it. I remember when you used to pin me to the ground and make off with my water gun. I walked around with knee-shaped bruises on my ribs the whole summer I was six years old. "'I could still take you.' Charlie smiled dimmed a little, but he nodded. "'Sure.' sure you could. Everyone had been watching them. Soon, when they fell silent, the tension expanded to include the whole room. Her mother fitted in and started to remove Scully's coat. Stay a while, she said. It came out too stiffly to be teasing. Scully shrugged out of her jacket, and her mother's eyes grew round. Dana. The blood. Of course. Scully turned away from the faintly horrified looks of her relatives. It's fine, she said. I'll just go change. She shot Mulder a look as she left. He plastered himself nearly to the wall, still wearing his coat and clutching the pizza. He looked so uncomfortable that she couldn't be too upset at him for his role in the afternoon shenanigans. No doubt her mother had twisted his arm, too. She did, however, take a certain delight in leaving him to his wide-eyed terror as she disappeared into the bedroom. You must be Mulder. I'm Charlie, Dana's brother. Charlie extended his hand, and Mulder set down the pizza so he could reciprocate. He saw pieces of his scully and so many faces around him, a chin here an earlobe there. There was her brother with the same piercing blue eyes. Mulder thought this must be how archaeologists felt on a dig, reconstructing a civilization through dusty bits of the past. The one in Atlanta, Mulder said as he shook Charlie's hand. She's mentioned you. Charlie gave him a quick smile. All of it lies. He held on to Mulder's hand when Mulder would have pulled it away. She's mentioned you, too. Mulder's smile was rueful. All of it true, I'm sure. He hoped Scully wasn't too truthful, though. Scully might be confident of her ability to take down her tall, broad shouldered sibling, but Mulder didn't relish the opportunity himself. An older woman with wire rimmed glasses and a neat perm stepped forward. So, you're one of Dana's work colleagues. Yes, ma'am. My name is Fox Mulder. The woman pursed her lips. I'm still not clear how she went through medical school and ended up working for the FBI. From the way the rest of the Scully family looked around at the walls, it was obvious no one else was clear either. Charlie scratched behind his ear. Something about aliens, right? Charlie. Mrs. Scully's voice cut in from all the way across the room. What? He turned back to Mulder. Stands to reason they're out there, right? We can't be the only ones in the whole damn universe. I think it's just as well that the government is keeping a lookout. Mulder wrinkled his brow, trying to figure out whether the man was joking. He could never tell with Scully either. Charlie walked over to the buffet table, set up in front of Scully's bookcase. You want a beer, he asked. Uh, sure. Mulder took off his coat and went to join him. Charlie handed him a bottle of Sam Adams. Tell me the truth, he said. What did you think of Independence Day? Scully returned in slacks and a lavender sweater, but there was nothing she could do about the pain in her hair. Her mother squeezed her around the shoulders when she reentered the living room. There you are. Sit down and eat something. Tara and I were cooking all day. Tara's here? With Tara came Bill. Yes, she's in the kitchen. Bill was supposed to come, but work kept him in California at the last minute. He sends his love. So Tara came alone? To see me? Of course she did. Everyone wanted to see you. Her mother smiled and fussed with Scully's hair. Scully ducked her again. Mom, I've spoken to Tara maybe four times in my life. All the more reason you should visit with her now. She studied biology in college, you know. I'd bet you have lots in common. As if on cue, Tara emerged from Scully's kitchen carrying a tray of tiny pastries. Dana, hi, happy birthday. Thanks, Scully searched for something more to say. Thanks uh, for coming. Everything looks great. Tara's smile broadened. These are wild mushrooms and goat cheese. Try one. Scully accepted a miniature turnover and it flaked apart deliciously in her mouth. Mmm, these are marvelous. Thanks, it's my mom's recipe. Oh, before I forget, Bill wanted me to say how sorry he was that he couldn't make it. He said he'll give you a call today or tomorrow. Mom mentioned, how is he doing these days? He's good. He's taking up golf, if you can believe it. I tell you, the Navy boys have nothing on the kind of language you hear out on the putting green. It's supposed to relax him, but now every spare minute, he's trying to get a ball into a cup in our dining room. Bill's never done anything halfway. Funny, Tara popped a pastry into her mouth. He says the same thing about you. Scully lowered her gaze. I guess there are worse things he could say. Well, look at you. Still working full time. I think in your position, I'd quit my job and travel around the world. Have some fun. Fun, Scully echoed. Tara turned to deep pink. But that'd be silly for you, right? You get to travel all the time for your job. Don't mind my rambling. I should, um, check the oven. Happy birthday again. Scully let Tara flee to the safety of the kitchen, then turned around to study her room full of relatives and sagging streamers. She sighed so deeply it stirred her hair. Happy, she thought. Right. Mulder took up his usual spot as a fringe dweller, watching from the edge of the crowd as Scully opened her presents on the couch. A pair of low girls who had been mainlining sugar all afternoon bounced on either side of her. It was a good thing Scully had strong sea legs. Perfume, she said, as she lifted a small vial from a silver box. She uncapped and sniffed obligingly. Thank you. Mulder folded his arms and leaned against the wall. Scully, he knew, had stopped wearing perfume since she'd been sick. Whether it was the smell or the feel that bothered her, he did not know. But he had noticed that she smelled only of mild soap these days. Scully pulled a large, brightly wrapped package onto her lap. That one is from me, her mother said. Rip it, rip it, hollered the little urchin at Scully's left. Scully smiled and tore off the paper in one long rip. The box held white pajamas and a white terrycloth robe. Thank you, Scully said, holding them up so everyone could admire. Mulder sipped his beer and watched her add to the pile two winter sweaters, chocolate, fuzzy slippers, and patterned scarves, three of them, and two hats as well. As she displayed the latest one for the group, Scully met Mulder's gaze at the back of the room. She gave him just the slightest quirk of one eyebrow, and he had to look away, so as not to laugh. Clearly, her family had been expecting her to be bald. Mulder sobered as he mentally evaluated her loot. Every last one of the gifts could be used immediately. She received no summer clothes, no magazine subscriptions, no non-perishable food items, nothing to suggest she might be around past spring. He wondered if she noticed. Mine's last, Charlie said, henny a package that looked like a wrapped pineapple. Close, Mulder amended, as Scully withdrew what appeared to be a small, petrified porcupine. Thanks, she asked, turning the prickly fruit over in her hand. What is it? It's a horned melon, Charlie explained, as he pushed forward through the group. You'll be getting about a dozen more in the mail soon. Scully frowned at the fruit. At least it won't get lonely. It's the fruit of the month. You'll get a different one each month for a whole year. A whole year. Her eyes filled with tears, and that's when Mulder knew she'd noticed. He blinked back his own. Scully stood up and cupped Charlie's face in her hands. Thank you, she said, kissing him on the cheek. I love it. He smiled and shrugged off her affection. I know you like to eat healthy. The excitement had passed, so the adults drifted away from their cluster like dazed sheep, with the hyper children nipping at their heels. Molder did his best to stay out of the way. Mrs. Scully cornered him by the armoire. Fox, would you clear off the buffet table? We're going to bring out the cake. Mulder would do pretty much anything for cake, so he began gathering up empty plates and bowls. When he had amassed a stack of dishes more precarious than the Tower of Babel, he staggered towards the kitchen. Tara rescued him at the threshold. Thank you, she said. Now we just need Dana. Mulder craned his neck around. Sure enough, his partner seemed to have disappeared. I'll find her. He did a slow circle around the room and didn't find her lurking in any corner, so he ambled down the hall to her shadowed bedroom. Scully? He found her discarded sweater on the bed and ran his fingers over the soft, worn cotton. The sight of the dried blood filled him with sudden dread, and he went to the bathroom door. Scully, he said, tapping gently. No answer. Scully, are you in there? I'm fine, Mulder. He bit his lip, his face still millimeters from the door. You sure? The doorknob turned and the door creaked open just a bit. He took this as a sign and pushed it in, peeking around the edge. Scully was leaning against the rim of her tub. Everything okay, he asked. She nodded. You can come in. He closed the door behind him and joined her at the bathtub. I would have thought you'd had enough of hanging out in the bathroom today, Scully. Maybe I'm becoming an addict. He leaned in so his shoulder pressed against hers. There's cake outside. You're missing your own party. She snorted. This isn't a party, Mulder. This is a wake. Scully, Tara's even wearing black. He paused. I hear it's very slimming. Mulder. She rested her forehead on his upper arm. I could only imagine what my mother told these people to get them to come here today. I haven't talked to some of them in five or ten years. They don't know me. They're just here because it might be their last chance. Like I'm some sort of Kmart blue light special. Limited time only. He cupped the base of her neck. Ah, the evils of bargain basement love. She gave a watery laugh against his sleeve. This whole thing is so mawkish, Mulder. Yeah, but they mean well. And there's cake. She pulled away and made a face at him. I guess we know why you came. Guilty. She sighed and he tugged her hand. Come on. It's not so bad, is it? This is not how I wanted to celebrate my birthday, Mulder. How did you want to celebrate? She traced the square edge of the bathroom tile with her toe. I don't know. Pizza and the African Queen sounded pretty nice. His cell phone rang. Well, we know it's not you, he said, as he dug it out from his pants. Hello? Fox, hi, it's Miranda. Oh, hi, Miranda. Scully stood up from the tub. I hope I haven't caught you at a bad time. No, it's fine. What's up? Scully moved to leave, but he grabbed her hand. Just a second, he mouthed. She pulled free. I wanted to see if you were interested in that dinner. I have something I'd like to give you. The words barely registered as Scully shut the door behind her with a soft click. Uh, sure, dinner, you said. Miranda's laugh crackled over the phone wires. Are you down in the sewer again? You sound all hollowed and distracted. I'm, uh, in the bathroom, long story. I don't even want to know. When is good for you? Um, Wednesday, maybe? I can drive up. Perfect. They arranged a meeting, and he ended the call. Mulder followed the loud laughter to the living room, but Scully had already blown out her candles, a smoke halo around her head. Her mother handed around perfect squares of chocolate on the good china. Forks clattered, people chattered. Scully took three bites and put hers aside. No one asked her if she made a wish.